You're listening to The Soju Sessions, episode 15 on the Soju Talk Nation podcast feed. I'm your host, Crispy, also known as Crispy Wonton, or simply just Anton. And on today's show, Koala Returns. Uh, we catch up on life and discuss our favorite summer K-pop songs in 2021. We included songs that were released mid-May that gained success during the summer months, some well-known tracks, and some hidden gems. Uh, we're recording this on July 11th, so if you're listening to this in the distant future, we've only covered songs up until the first week of July. But I'm sure there will be excellent songs in the second half of summer we can't wait to get to. Coming up, Summer K-Pop Songs 2021 with Koala on the Soju Sessions. Joining Soju Sessions this week and returning to the hosting chair is Koala. Welcome, Koala. Hello. How are you this weekend? Uh, I'm tired. It's too hot. Well, welcome back. Um, how's life? Well, let's do a life catch up before we get into some of the music this week for Soju Sessions. Um, yeah, you haven't been on the after show in a couple of weeks, but, you know, that's okay sometimes life gets in the way um what have you been up to and how's everything with you and yourself uh, it, considering what has happened it's pretty it's pretty fine I, I i was at the hospital for a few days it's nothing too serious it's also the reason why my camera isn't on because half of my face is paralyzed I still can't really believe it because that's it's just really unlucky that it happened to me. But mm, I guess I'm still running some tests, still going to the dog every two or three days. Apparently, Europe is in need of blood because they are taking my blood every day, and I don't know. I don't think that's how that works. (laughs) I think they're testing your blood as opposed to taking it to be stored. (laughs) I'm for taking it because why are you testing my blood for the sh- same shit every every single day? I, I don't get it. <laughs> well, <laughs> your your face is paralyzed, but your voice seems like it's not. So here we are. Welcome back. It, I could actually have like some pronunciation <laughs> problems because I I can't like fully pronounce p sounds and b sounds. It's. Mm. But could you ever really? I mean, you are doing it with a German accent, so I don't think anyone would be able to notice. Unless you're just deciding to speak German for the next, like, 30, 40 minutes. I could, but I don't think that helps. You don't want to try? <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. You, you want to talk some, I don't know, what languages do you speak? Do, do you speak I, anything? I speak English. Like... I'm American. Yeah, okay. That's all I know how to speak. Let's be real. Um, well, welcome back, and we do appreciate that you're here. Um, everyone in the nation hopes you're well. Um, and you know what? I decided this week was just going to be like a catch-up week, um, just to see where you're at, just to see how summer's going, and also to kind of check in with the music this year, because um, Warren did mention at the end of the main show this week that he was disappointed um, with 2020-2021 music, and he feels like it's a low point in K-pop and Korean entertainment. But um, I do feel like there are some highlights and there are some trends that are um, sticking with us, right? We do like to feel um, feel the music and we like to pick out our favorites as opposed to really being critical about the composition and the cultural impact of music. Sometimes we like to just lighten things up and talk about the things that resonated with us and made us feel happy during a period in our lives, which would be the past few months, and in your case, the past few weeks in the hospital. So um, we looked over some K-pop trends. Um, I have a few listed, and let's let's go through them to see if there's any highlights from the past few months um, in summer this year, summer 2021. Um, so we have Bubblegum, and I put a question mark behind that because I think there are a lot of variations in Bubblegum this year um a lot of modern takes a lot of different takes we can go over some of those later uh we have disco neutro and synth wave all one genre to me um all variations on that genre but i think 
similar enough that you're thinking, uh, well, your emotional thinking when you do get when you do listen to a song like that is very much retro, very much in um, kind of like past sounds, but all done um, modern and up to date. Um, and then we have the angsty, moody music. A lot of emotions. A lot of feeling, kind of feeling a certain kind of way, but um, I think that's been popularized a lot this year. This year during summertime, and then we have the edgy, hard, um, girl crush. Is boy crush a genre, or am I just making is, that up right is, now? Is boy crush? <laughs> well, I'm just thinking think... the contrast to girl crush is boy crush, right? So, um, like edgy music. So Everglow would be the female representative and for guys I have like Tame In with advice um, and to an extent NCT Dream of Hot Sauce I think like falls into that genre much much closer than Angsty Moody um, but yeah overall Koala what did you think about these trends this summer and were there any songs that stood out to you? I feel like the Angsty Moody and Edgy genre was more present at least for me this year because in in the past i've always thought of like summer songs to be very vibrant and upbeat and very catchy and this year it, it half of the songs felt very depressive and just not not especially sad but not happy either and maybe it's also just given the circumstances of the past year and a half but I like that type of music, but it's still kind of weird that the trend is shifting towards that direction that we also like get into darker music even in the summer because the, the, the dark music has been a trend. And I, for for instance, groups like Day6, I would always expect, some, expect them to do a bit of like a moody concept, but now even groups like TXT have done like an edgy concept, which is not very their style that I, I've connected them with in the past. So it's very interesting to see how the artists have developed a different kind of music this year, at least. Yeah, there does seem to be a genre shift where I, I'm only assuming that because of the pandemic that seasons have been a little bit more nebulous where you can kind of release songs that typically would be released in February, March, April in the summertime. So um, Monster X, that song felt like it could have been uh, a winter spring song um day six like you said well day six typically li- releases that kind of music but right in the middle of summer uh, with even of day or right through me um you know kind of interesting also the music video does feel like a winter music video with uh, i don't this i don't think there was rain exactly but it did feel like that cold rain uh noir feel like visually um, but yeah, we'll get into TXT later just because um, uh, we got some things to say about that. Um, but overall, I do think that there is enough bubblegum and neutro disco synthwave um, to be representative with the energetic summer feel. But we, so kind of behind the scenes and everything, we did create a list of angsty, moody songs and edgy songs. And it's a little bit more than half of the songs that were released this summer. Which is kind of interesting, right? Where it's like, that seems like to be the majority of songs released. Um, yeah, I I think it's just, it's just one of those cases where those songs probably could have been released at either a different point in the year or probably even earlier last year. Um, but I don't know. It's just, it just feels like it's all melding into one large music release year as opposed to like distinct seasons, right? Um, but thankfully, we have a couple songs that have um, put its identity with summer, and I'm really excited to talk about some of those this this week. Um, let's move on now to our top three favorite songs released in summer 2021. Um, these are songs that not necessarily are like the best or chart topping. It's really just our three favorite songs, our three songs that we've had on loop and repeat throughout the year, throughout the past two months or so. Koala, would you like to begin? Go first, please. So, so to start off, I, I think my list is also kind of influenced because looking over it, it's mostly like newer releases. Oh, God. Okay. So it's 
so I'm probably missing a bunch of stuff that got released around like May or June. But yeah, I, I would just list it off. It's it, the first one isn't even really K-pop, but I really, really, really like it a lot. So I included DPR Life's Yellow Cap, which it, it's it's pretty new, a week old, and it's a part of his new EP. I think that's dropping on the twenty third, and it's just really upbeat. We, Crispy has recorded a live reaction to it right before we did this one, so. I don't know where we will put it, but you will be able to see it, hopefully, eventually. And yeah. Yeah, so with that music video, and we did talk about this on the live reaction a bit, um, but I think now would be a good time to go a little bit deeper. I think that fits a lot of the trends moving into like the Western-sounding, edgy rock genre. Um, kind of like, well, I was going to say teen punk, but I think they're, they're all much older than teenagers. <laughs> But it does give kind of that nostalgia of um, late 90s, early 2000s, um, like coming of age films, right? Um, so some of the movies that I, I immediately felt when watching that music video were like Big Fish, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and Lost in Translation. Three of my favorite movies, but also like a lot of imagery was very similar. So with Lost in Translation specifically, um, the pink hair. And this sense of discovery and wonderment in the city, right? Um, really just exploring and exploring that with someone that you have affection for, I think was a very um, present theme in the music video. And it played really well with the song. Um, so you did talk about the song a little bit in our reaction, but go ahead and tell me more about like what did you think about the song and how it was composed? I think overall it's, it's it's really repetitive. So if if you listen to it first without the MV, I think it's not quite as enjoyable. But watching the plot of the MV and also like kind of just uh, uh, looking at everything and knowing like the DPR team, how they work, how they how they create art and stuff, it I just really like it because it's also just very upbeat. It it just it there's no like very deep meaning behind the like 20 times he says sweet Jesus but it's just very catchy and I really like it and I think it's also just also just something something new in my playlist because it, it's been dark very much lately yes with all the band songs that I've added to my playlist so yeah that's why I like it yeah there. I mean, it's a, it's a full art piece, right? Where you're watching the music video um, and the imagery is very powerful to begin with, with the girl in the pink hair. And then you have uh, DPR Live, just very much like visually present. And then you also have the colors. So um, I think the neon and the, the contrast with a bit of sepia tone um, definitely helps with that experience. And yes, like you said, like the song itself had a little bit of repetition, but I think it also plays really well with how the story was going was constructed. Um, I think there is a sense of um, cyclical ex exploration is how I felt about it, where um, you're you're with someone you have affection for, like I mentioned earlier, and you're discovering one another, discovering yourselves in the world, and you t you end up in the same place from the start, in a weird way, where um, you've learned so much about each other, but ultimately you were destined to be together, or at least in this moment together. Um, I may be looking too much into it. I tend to <laughs> with stories and music videos, but I, I do like the way that it's constructed where it ends very similarly to how it begins. So a sense of poetry, a sense of start, uh, beginning, middle of end, beginning, middle of an end um, in a cyclical way. Um, anything else about this song that really stands out to you and makes you feel summer, Koala? I, I, don't, I don't think so. It's it's just the overall vibe I'm getting from it. Yeah, and same here. Um, I loved the music video. I quite like the song. I'm going to listen to the song on repeat for the next few days just to really dig into it. Um, but yes, please listen to DPR Live, Yellow Cab, because it's a... Um, I don't know, it's... It does have a throwback feel, but throwback feel to um, to a certain level of summer fun that I think a lot of songs are leaning towards this year. But this one might be doing it the best, in my opinion. 
So yeah. All right, let's move on now to my uh, one of my songs this year that I've been listening to a lot. Surprisingly, it is a boy group. I will not clown this this title um, this time because <laughs> I, I typic- <laughs> I've typically been um, been saying this uh, this title in a, in a certain kind of way. So it's TXT featuring Siori. Zero One Love Song. I know I love you. This there's just something about the song that like hits like that angsty feel of of summertime. Um, I think this is kind of the theme between the two songs between DPR Alive and TXT, where it's that coming of age, almost like cinematic exploration that I don't know. So there's something that resonates with me about that. And I think that has to do with like this past year and the pandemic and a lot of uncertainty. And I think stories like this visually represented, we're all kind of seeking something familiar, something that we can kind of go back to as the world opens up. And I think that's the reason why for me this song kind of resonates because, like they mentioned on the main show, it's very evocative of like my chemical romance or like that 90s, early 2000s punk angst rock music, right? Um, and it's just interesting that TXT did this because up until this point, they've been doing pretty typical, fun, youthful boy group music with actual choreography and very like structured in k-pop this song this music video none of that so koala i know you do like this song um what did you think about this song when it first released in comparison to everything you've known about txt i wasn't quite a fan of txt's music before <laughs> i th- i think i listened to like two b-sides not even the title tracks they kind of just didn't resonate with me but this song was right up my alley it, it, i'm just into the angsty music i i, I have a problem <laughs> please help and this is definitely definitely my favorite title track from i don't from their past five title tracks they've had yet so yeah i i think this it, it was quite surprising but i think in the end it turned out pretty well for them as well because i thought that the majority also got more interested into them so yeah i think this song this song was this one was pretty well done even though it was very moody and angsty i didn't expect it but i still loved it yeah and i think they brought in siori in a really nice way to kind of accentuate a lot of the emotions of the song i joke that this is a siori song featuring txt I apologize to all the TXT fans. I do like the song because of them. So that that is an admission of guilt. Um, <laughs> you can have that, TXT fans. Um, oh my god! But I do I do think that there is something like it, in, interesting about like why angsty music is resonating during summertime um, with certain parts of the world opening up and yet still feeling so far away from moving past like this very challenging period in history, the pandemic, right? And they're you know, revisiting um, these moments of like self-discovery with with your friends. Um, I think these are all very universal themes and things that have been depicted in Western media and movies for a number of years. But I think we've lost it a bit. Um, I don't remember the last like angsty, moody, coming of age summer movie that really resonated in the United States or even like globally. Right. Um, I, can, I can think of a few maybe like two or three years ago, but that also feels like a lifetime ago. And to me, this is the closest thing of, oh, like we're bringing these stories back, but we're doing it in K-pop. And it's just interesting that it's happening through music as opposed to TV shows or movies. Um, Another song I want to touch on by them. Surprisingly, I do like two songs on their album. It's anti-romantic, anti-romantic. Well, let me me throw it to you. Why do you like this song so much? What what speaks to you about the song? I I don't even know. I think it started off as a TikTok sound, and it, that part was just very catchy. And then I listened to it afterwards when the album came out, and and it just it, it just kind of fit with uh, uh, zero one love song, kind of to play those two back to back, just the same kind of mood, and yeah. I, I don't resonate with the rest of the album, but I really like those two songs. I, I don't know whether I like Anti-Romantic more, though. Depends. 
same. Like surprisingly, so I, I gave the two songs a a, tr- a, tran- a chance, a try, a try chance. Um, trying to listen to the entire album, right? Because I I typically like to give an album time to breathe and try to figure out like if there is a common theme or if there's um, a a direction that the artists were going in. And I couldn't get away from the first two songs. Like I just kept going back to it to the point where in my head, those are the only two songs that exist in TXT this summer. (laughs) Because they do, like you said, they do um, complement each other quite well. Um, Anti-romantic is much slower. There isn't that amazing like crescendo of Zero One Love song. But it does feel like an introduction to this larger story that you're going to see in the music video for Zero One Love Song. And that's the idea of being an anti-romantic, right? Where it's like you you have so many feelings and you've been hurt by so many things and you no longer have this romanticism of what a relationship is supposed to mean. Um, in so doing, you do that and you brood with your friends and you brood with your other homies that have also had their hearts broken over the years and then you set off on this summer adventure together in Zero One Love Song. So, I don't know. I think that's... In, in my head, that's what the story is. Um, I... I don't know. I it, It's also a very catchy song. I think that, like, really drew me in. Um, and I think it's also very TikTok-friendly, like you said. Um, a lot of people I know in my life know this song because of TikTok. And then they would go back and listen to it. It's like, oh, this is a Korean song. It's like, yeah, it's weird, right? It's like, it sounds very Western and friendly. And even the other song that they've come across. So um, I think they've done a lot to introduce the Western audience to Korean entertainment with these two songs. Interesting that these two songs are the least K-pop of TXT. Um, But hopefully that'll encourage people to explore more of their music and even the rest of the album. Because I think the rest of the album is more typical of what... Um, k-pop sounds like especially magic the song that comes right after zero one love song so yeah check out txt guys i think this one surprised me this summer the most all right um we're just gonna continue with the angsty moody summer vibes here (laughs) Koala, what is your next favorite song of the summer i i would just go with villains of the male solos i don't care anymore and my next one is bi illa illa so I, I would actually choose Illusion if we had like B-sides, but uh, just going off title tracks, Ila Ila. Yeah, we, we had we had the after show. I, I talked a lot about the mini album. Not the mini album, it, it was a full album, wait. A full and album, yeah. The symbols, everything, why I loved everything. And I, I think it's, if you want to hear more about it, I, I talked a good 20 minutes probably back then. It's quite good. So to kind of like rediscover, like re recap some of the things that we talked about on the after show, um, I think this is a nice like artistic expression from Bi. Um, he had a lot of things to say, a lot of things to get off his chest, um, and what we expected from Bi was a more like rap heavy title track, um, a little bit more aggression, but it was a lot of vocals, a lot of vocal flexing, um, and I think his his voice and the way it sounds i know i'm speaking in like very surface level tones but it's extremely pleasant i think it goes well with a lot of the imagery of being on the beach being on a cold beach i think was one of the things we we really focused on and how that being um a metaphor for kind of his life right um one of the images that really sticks out in my head is the sandcastle um because there is a very common like metaphor with sandcastles building um, a kingdom of sand on the beach only for it to be washed away. Um, but understanding that that kingdom can be rebuilt. So the idea of things in your life starting and stopping where you feel like you've accomplished something very great and grand um, only for it to be taken away or for things to change, circumstances to come abruptly to you. And you can decide whether that's the end of whatever you're trying to do um, and you stopping or figuring out how best to gather yourself and rebuild whatever it is that helps you be a whole person. And I feel like that is what the crux of this song is. Um, I spoke a lot about it just now. How else did you <laughs> feel about B.I. Uh, Illa Illa or even Illusion and the rest of the album, Koala? Uh, it's been a while since I've done a whole listen through, but just all the 
all these songs kind of go back to like the past years of his. So I think, especially because I I am a big fan of his, and this is a very personal album with the message it brings to the audience. I just really enjoyed it overall. In, he uses a lot of uh, symbols, like I think dreams and it was water and waterfalls are always like something that are being uh, that are in the lyrics that you can find, and it just really just the, a new start for him as an artist and for the fandom just. Just nice to see that he is actually putting stuff out there and he is putting the effort in. And there's a ton of like extra content. I haven't watched that yet. There's like a one hour video where he's just sleeping because of dream. This is kind of weird, but I get it. it it's fan servers and, and I think the overall like promotion and just the message behind it and also like his charity stuff he does every, Every time, it's just really heartwarming, and I'm just a simp. <laughs> and that, that is the perfect oh. way to end that um, the explanation and that, uh, that little uh, monologue of yours, Koala. I'm just a simp. Um, but aren't we all just simps for, for these musicians and the artists and thinking a little bit deeper? An emotional simp, I think, is something we should coin and we should trademark. Um, because we're not just simping them as the handsome and beautiful human beings they are. We're simping the emotional resonance and the artistic beauty that they're all conveying here. Um, let, let's switch things up a little bit. Let's get on to another song that I like. That's um, not angsty and <laughs> far more um, familiar with what summer has been in the past. Um, another f- favorite song of mine this year is From Us Nine, We Go. This song is excellent. The song fits in the summer high energy, retro, neutro, synthwave trend. I love it. Um, the music video, I think this is the thing that stood out to me most. They mentioned it on the show a number of times, but I think it prob- if, if there was an award for best music video in K-pop, this one is the most, um, I don't know, most creative, has the most ingenuity. Um, to quickly describe it, what it is, it's um, a screen cap of a screen. Um, you can, you, it, it kind of looks like an iOS like editing software, um, but it's editing the music video in real time with um, clips from cameras. So imagine like you vlogging and you creating like a music video, like a home music video, and it's screen capping that to the song as it's editing different scenes, different members. Um, and it's just done so creatively and it, it just stood out to me. I was just like, kind of blown away with this concept. Um, it does feel a lot like an Apple commercial um, <laughs> in the sense that Apple has done creative things like this in the past, right? Not to say like, oh, they copied Apple um, because I don't think Apple has ever done anything this to this extent um, because I do think the music itself is edited so supremely well um, that it does stick out on its own. Um, but I do understand if the comparison of, to Apple is there. Um, what did you think about the music video when you saw it, Koala? Cute, very cute. I mean, look at them. How, how can you not enjoy that music video? It was just very creative. And yeah. just just girl, girls, oh, I, I, well, this, the setting was beach, right? Am I, am I mistaking it? I'm like trying to remember. There's, there's a couple settings like the beach, another on planes at a certain point um, oh yeah the plane one. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay yeah i, I think it, it was just it, it was just great overall like it doesn't seem like a like a lot of fancy shit is happening but it's still very much effort put into it and it and the outcome is really great so yeah i really liked it yeah i think it it's so visually appealing right and it really sticks in your in your memory um, the song itself, very upbeat song, very well composed. Um, I listen to the song often. Um, I have this on a summer playlist. It's at the top. I, I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, I think we've talked about it a lot on the after show and the main show, but I think this song is very indicative of the trend, but it's also done very well. Um, was there anything about the song that stood out to you, um, Koala? Mm, 
Mm, I I don't think so. I've I've liked Promise Nine stuff before, so I was expecting to like this title track anyway. Yeah, um, I think same here. I do like Promise Nine, um, but this one kind of surprised me more because oftentimes I'll have a playlist for the year with all the artists that I have listened to, mostly female artists, um, and Promise Nine is always there. And there's, if I'm being honest, I don't necessarily cling on to or. Um, have the strongest memories of their songs. But this one, for some reason, I think because it's fitting the disco wave trend, disco synth wave trend, um, I was kind of looking out to see like what they did differently. I can't exactly tell you, but I will say it's done really well. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, and also listen to the entire mini album. There's three songs. They all uh, complement each other really well. The title, the, the first song is called Airplane Mode. Um, and it, it feels like it's easing you into what we go becomes right um with this idea of you're taking off you're in an airplane you put your phone in airplane mode ready for your trip ready for your adventure and that's where we go kind of takes you um which then pairs really well with the music video images of um all the recordings that you've taken on your trip um and all the fun you've had with your friends and now you're going back home to edit your memories and put them in a way where you can share it with others. Um, yeah, just overall great theming and great storytelling from the entire mini album. Um, the final song, do you remember the title of the final song? Oh, I don't remember it. I can pull it up. Um, but the final song, uh, Promise, is a slower song. And I think it does capture, or like it does end the mini album really well. Um, and I think this is a really great example of a beginning, middle, and end um in storytelling in a mini album legitimately three songs it only took three songs to tell a really nice concise summer story of going on a trip together with your your homies your friends um (laughs) and i think it it was done very sweetly um and the, the barrier of entry for this song this this mini album is very low you can listen to it whenever it's three songs check it out please um, and also, I think it's a really good introduction for people new to K-pop. So again, like the trend is going like in the Western market. If you want something that sounds distinctly K-pop, listen to these three songs and you will all see the spectrum of what K-pop has accomplished and can accomplish. All right. We've, we've talked a lot about For Almost Nine. We love them. But let's move on to your last song. Last song? Maybe. Um, it's another <laughs> angsty song. I, You know, I tried to bring things up, you know, pick up the energy, but you just want to bring it down, feel kind of, feel a certain <laughs> kind of way. Um, so what is your last, uh, most listened to favorite song of this summer, the Koala? I'm still not sure which one to pick. <laughs> God damn it. I, so so I, have, I, I have 17 ready, so... I, the the whole mini album please any song of theirs but with the title track ready to love or Wu song lazy um, i i i think i i mm, help crispy I, I'm, I enjoy I'm gonna let you i'm gonna let you figure this out on your own <laughs> okay. mm. Let, I, I will take 17. 17 ready to love. Because because you know that song a bit as well. So, yeah. Easier to talk about. Uh, I think based on the whole mini album, I would say I've listened to Heaven's Cloud the most. But I still quite enjoy ready to love after getting warm with it and listening to it over and over again. Mm, another contender was... Game Boy? Yes, Game Boy. Uh, it is very different though. So if you expect like the typical K-pop summer song, you're wrong there. It's it's written by Vernon, so you can expect his influence with, as a rapper in this song. But I think why I like this mini album so much is because of... Also, because of the whole concept that they were going for, which was uh, being a more mature version of themselves than five years ago when they debuted, which is why the cover art is also so similar to their debut album. And I just really enjoy this album on repeat 
while being outside. Yeah. You want to add something, Crispy? No, I think he did a nice job capturing the emotions of Seventeen. Um, if I'm being honest, I've only gotten... No, I've listened to the mini album, but the ones that stood out to me are Heaven's Cloud, Ready to Love, and Game Boy, the ones that you mentioned. Um, Heaven's Cloud is a really nice introduction to the entire mini album. I think it sets it up well, that it's going to be a little bit more emotional. Um, and an expectation for vocals, I think, is a really nice like setup, right? Because um, Ready to Love, as a song, does have enough like EDM upbeat um, like tempo to it. As a music video, it, it's it's muted, um, intentionally muted, so it's not just like cement. the The color scheme actually kind of works really well, um, but it, it's a very it's a it's an angsty upbeat song. I guess that's the best <laughs> way to put it. Um, and then when you pair that with Heaven's Cloud, when you were listening to those songs back to back, it just it just puts you in a mood. Um, however, I will say Game Boy, completely different. I, I don't know if I can I don't know if I can describe it with words. Um you you might just have to listen to it if you're unfamiliar yeah, with that song. It's an experience. It's such a genre shift from these two songs, right? Like you're 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 feeling a certain kind of way of like like the summer moodiness of just like I want to like stay in bed because I don't have school anymore. And then all of a sudden like Game Boy pops up. It's like, "Oh, let's go play video games." <laughs> And it's legitimately like the old school Game Boy, like they're referencing, and it's like, okay, that's kind of cool. Like I can feel that. Um, yeah, no, I think I think this is a good song for Seventeen. I think this is a good mini album for Seventeen. It's a good switch up from a lot of other boy group music, um, in in the sense of the era that Seventeen came out in. But I will say it does still fall under like the summer angsty mood. So, I mean, they are following a trend, but they are doing it quite well. So, if you're a Seventeen fan, congrats to you. You got a pretty cool song this summer. If you're a new Seventeen fan or new to K-pop, give them a try because I think they'll give you another flavor of what K-pop can be, um, especially when compared to like the other boy groups um, that have released music this this year. Um, let's move on now to my last song. Um, well, actually, let's let's do this real quick. Let's before I give my last song, I'm gonna give a couple uh, honorable mentions that stood out to me that surprised me um and that i could have easily put into my top three favorites but i think you'll understand why the last song is my favorite song of the summer um so i wanted to give a shout out to nct dream hello future the music video is really cool they're on a field it kind of feels like a music festival it kind of feels like they're uh consuming um things that would make you hallucinate kind of cool um, and the song's really good too. I think the song is very distinctly NCT, um, with kind of the aggression in the rap, but also mixed in with a little bit of youthful vibe. And it surprised me that I like this song to the extent of putting it on a playlist that I'm listening to currently. Um, Luna's Paint the Town. Very aggressive. <laughs> very girl crush. But honestly, like I, I like Luna. So I think that's what helped in like the the total experience for me um it does give a little bit of a, a different edge to the summer playlist um but it does pair really well with everglow and first and then it kind of transitions well with a lot of like the harder hitting female girl groups that came out this summer between um tribe and hot issue um and a little bit of ponzona um with Purple Kiss in there too. So I think that's a nice um, set of female artists that are going different from Bubblegum that I think fit really nicely with the edgy, harder sound. Um, and then also Itzy earlier in, in the year. Um, I do want to give a shout out to Twice for, you know, being Bubblegum in their in their new, modern, updated Twice way. Uh, the title track, uh, there was a lot to say about Alcohol Free, but I will talk about their B-side that I love and adore, uh, and that is Blue Love. I think Blue Love is the disco summer track that would have fit the trend quite nicely, um, but there there is a level of, I don't know, there is a level of um, just mellowness that I don't think 
I'm going to repeat that word, mellowness. I don't know if that's an actual <laughs> word, but I just wanted to make sure that I didn't sound like I was saying something else. That I don't know if that would have captured or been enough to be a title track, so I can understand why it's a B-side. But as far as a disco song, excellent song. Um, quickly, two other songs that like I loved quite a bit. Um, EXO with Paradise, another B-side. Uh, a more mellow disco song excellent song i think it's it's one of those um it's a, it's a mood setter but it really gets you into a vibe of um like retro but also like i don't know I, keep, I feel like i'm repeating like words over and over but like very retro disco right um and lastly we have jackson with leave me loving you um some of these songs did come out early may to mid-may um i think i still include them in summertime because they became successful throughout june um and are still fairly talked about um now that we've gotten into july so yeah those are some of my shout outs to um to a variety of music this summer um but now we're gonna end things with my number one song of the summer perhaps probably even a top three song of the year for me and this is a song even koala considered adding to her list but she wanted to stay on brand with being angsty (laughs) and moody and weird so uh, let's get right into it. We have Oh My Girl with Dun Dun Dance. My summer song of the year. Probably one of my top songs of the year. Um, the group Oh My Girl, um, their previous songs were Nonstop and Dolphin. They really popped off last year in 2020 after Queendom. Um, I think they really captured the hearts and souls and minds of um, Korean netizens of being kind of the wholesome, relatable girl group that... Um, in a weird way, there was kind of a gap. There was kind of a, a a space to fill. Not to say that other groups weren't filling it, but I think that um, their visibility and their openness to appear on variety and a number of shows really helped improve their status with Korean culture and Korean people um, and even international fans. I would say for me, there was enough content to connect with and thankfully enough officially translated content for me to really dig into throughout the year so everything was set up for them to come back and they did so spectacularly with this song Um, to describe the song a little bit it does fit the disco retro um, vibe and feel there um, are um, there are very distinct oh my girl sounds from the vocals that Sungi brings in um to Mimi and kind of the trap breakdown that they tend to introduce with her um sections um and her rapping um she has two rap sections um some people have argued that they do kind of change up the song a little too much um I can see that but I can also see that they do want to give her enough opportunity to shine right so um I'm okay with letting that kind of like slide with um the composition and the the pacing of the song um, visually, it's uh, an island fun. Well, Jeju Island, Jeju Do, right? Um, and they use uh, a drone to really give a sense of space and movement with a lot of like flipping shots. Well, I don't know if that's a really good description, but like shots that start at the top and then kind of flip so you're upside down, like visually seeing either like the ground or them. Um, and the choreography, I think it fits very much in the old school point choreography where everyone can kind of follow along at certain moments um, that you can remember. Video, video list, video watchers, the dun dun <laughs> dance, dun dun dance, I think. Oh, God. You, you, but you know it, right? Like it sticks in your head. It sticks in your, in your kind of emotional feel of the song. Um, and my two favorite members, Yua and Aren, Aren. Um, very visually aesthetically pleasing Yua just a big smile great center for the dance sections Um, but ultimately they're all having fun um, on vacation getting ready for vacation and I've spoken a lot about Oh My Girl on so many episodes and so many shows Koala please stop me why do you like this song and why (laughs) is this one of your favorite songs of the summer good question I don't know the, nowadays, I only associate Dun Dun Dance with that one clip of Sungi just singing that 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 middle part. Do you know which one I'm talking yeah. about? So high. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh my god. I can't Didn't hit that Didn't want note. to sing that, but, but you did it. Thanks. I can't hit that note. I tried, but now you know, right? So, but the thing is, <laughs> if you know the song, you know exactly what part, like, Sungi's um, high note comes in. And you know why that's so, like, um, memorable, right? But yeah, go ahead. Go on. It's really... I wasn't a fan of Oh My Girl before as much because the stuff I associated with them before is like... the, the Was it the fifth season? Was that how it was called, the so that one song? Yeah, that's it. Like, just, just very girlish and, like, back then they also wore, like, all the, the same kind of dresses and it was all, like, one kind of concept. And now that... The, uh, now since, like, nonstop their vibe has not dramatically changed but it just went into a direction i enjoyed more than their past stuff and i also like some of their beasts i don't remember the b-side what was it named um, i don't remember you it anymore. really like my doll right that one i like that one so yeah and i don't i don't think i will ever be as much as a simp as you are crispy but <laughs> I am fond of their talent. I like some of their songs. And this one was quite enjoyable and a very good summer song. Yeah. Well put. Well put. Um, yeah, I do think there's something for everyone with this song, right? Where um, I do understand the criticisms that Warren and the crew did make about kind of the composition and the pacing of the song. And uh, a very split opinion on Sungi's vocals. Warren didn't like it. Interesting. Uh, Doug and Anita quite liked it interesting um, <laughs> again nobody's right or wrong in this situation because they're just talking about Oh My Girl still and I think we're all winners in that case um, yeah I think I think there's just something um, wholesome to attach to that for the most part the general public and I'm speaking about I'm making a vast generalization <laughs> between Korean netizens and global fans international fans um, that you, you kind of just want to see people having a good time and kind of getting out of this period in life um, happier, healthy, um, and with people that you uh, genuinely care about. And it does feel like, oh, my girl's been through, um, I don't want to say like been through a lot, but like they've been through all the challenges that would um, an idol group would, would face, right, over the past several years. Um, they did mention that before Queendom that they were on the brink of disbanding just because their sales weren't doing so great uh their popularity wasn't um as high or in the trajectory that would allow them to stay together and i think that turning point in their careers really pushed them into um kind of the heights that they're at now with last year's nonstop being such a big hit and now this year um to me at least dun dun dance being the start and the staple of the summer trends right um with disco and you know being happy <laughs> i think we can all agree that watching this music video watching the members and just watching everything put together you do come away just feeling a lot better about the world and just feeling happy so um yeah check out oh my girl if, if you don't really know <laughs> them and they're they've got a lot of content you know they've got a lot of members doing really cool things Aden and Binny. um have been acting in the past. I think Arin does have a role coming up in a drama. Yua is a supreme dancer. She has a lot of dance covers. She goes hard. Please check her out. Um, Sungi and Hyojun, um, they are great personalities and they're on variety often. So definitely, if you if you like Korean variety, you will probably see them on something over the past year or so. Um, who am I missing? Mimi. Um, great rapper. She does a lot of stuff with Yua, whether she's collabing with her or she's doing like dance videos um, or on dance programs. Am I missing someone? I hope I'm not missing anyone. Oh, God. <laughs> right? I got everyone, right? I can't tell you. We got Hyojung. It's it's seven members, so Hyojung, Sungi, <laughs> Binny, Arin, Yua. Mimi? Mimi. Is it seven or six members? <laughs> um, for the purposes of being accurate, I'm going to look it up. I'm so sorry for all the listeners. Oh, my girl members. Um, 
Anyways, uh, have you enjoyed anything that the Oh My Girl members have done in the past? It's their seminars. Jiho, that's what I'm missing. Um, Jiho has become a face of like being an influencer as well. So she's on a lot of brands. And she um, is very well represented. So if you see her on a magazine or you see her just advertise somewhere, um, that's where she's been like very prominent throughout promotions and throughout the past year or so. So, you know, all of them doing really well. Seven members. I got there. Let's do it again. Sungi, <laughs> Hyojung, Jiho, Yuha, Aden, Binny, Mimi. Got there. All right. I'm a, I'm a true fan, guys. I totally am. Um, well, you know what? This has been a really nice uh, summer summer song conversation. Um, I really appreciate you coming on, Koala. Thanks for uh, talking about your favorite songs and catching us up on life and all the things you've been up to. Um, anything you're looking forward to in the second half of summer? Akmu just uh, announced a, an album like 30 minutes ago. I'm excited for that. Looking way into the future, which is kind of great. Um, yeah, I haven't seen that news yet. We've been recording, so yeah, I, I can't it dropped see the news. right after we recorded. <laughs> well, I will check that out to see what she's been up to and um, when that will release, if they've given the date yet. Um, oh yeah, twenty sixth. So kind of a, a a tease, a tease for um, tease, a tease for a, a tease, a tease. <laughs> I hate it here. Um, <laughs> Yes. Um, <laughs> looking forward, not too far forward, Taeyeon released a song last week called Weekend. Let's just say um, we are fans of it. I, for one, am a big fan of it to the point where I don't think I've stopped listening to that song. Um, I think it is It is also a disco retro song. It fits into that vibe Taeyeon being a soloist, Taeyeon being kind of an amazing artist again, kind of the focus being on her and she's kind of shining. So we'll, we'll talk about that next week on the after show and perhaps even Soju Sessions because I think that's probably, to me, another iconic song of the summertime. And I think that's going to be in my top songs of the summer, perhaps even top songs of the year, just because I kind of love everything about it. So that's kind of a a preview for things to come. Um, any closing thoughts this week, Koala, on Soju Sessions? I hope I can actually attend the after show. <laughs> it depends on what the phone call tomorrow I hope so will too. end up like. Yeah. Well, I think you're, I think, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate your health being enough to uh, simp about very angsty things. And yeah, let's, um, let's close it out there for this week. So, Thank you all for listening to Soju Sessions on the Soju Talk Nation podcast feed. Subscribe on YouTube, follow on Spotify or your preferred podcast platform, and continue the conversation on the Soju Talk K-Pop podcast Discord. For Koala, this is Crispy, and this has been the Soju Sessions. <laughs>